0: up world it's past first point guard and blazer beat writer mike richmond you listen to another episode of locked on blazers part of the locked on podcast network available wherever you get podcasts today's episode is brought to you by stat hero the first ever daily fantasy sports book that gives the player the advantage go to statherocom slash locked on for 300 percent back on your first play Today is finally the day, the episode that many, 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 many of you have been pining for for months. It is the CJ McCollum Trade Extravaganza Spectacular. We are going to talk about trades for Christian James McCollum. The Blazers are headed into an off season of uncertainty and one of the parts of that uncertainty is is the shakeup coming they've already fired their coach and is the are they breaking finally breaking up the backcourt of cj mccollum and damien lillard so what what i want to talk about in this episode is the parameters of what that trade might look like and what the blazers will require in return and then we will look at possible trade targets um I will leverage my own knowledge of the league. Uh, I, I've leaned on the, uh, the expert advice of my fellow locked-on hosts to gather a little bit of more information about what's going on with other teams in the league to give you a sense of what, uh, what other teams might be interested. And I'll be taking some of your suggestions because so, so, so many of you have sent me CJ McCollum trade ideas. So that's what we'll do today. Let us set it up here first with the CJ McCollum trade parameters. Uh, I think we just need to like, I want to put this like, I want to ground this in reality because I think for the first time in the in the Neil Olshay, in in Jim Collins' career, that trading him is a, is a real possibility. Uh, early in his career, he he was, you know, wasn't maybe wasn't good enough, and then he had a breakout at his you know, when he really started to play, he had his breakout campaign, one of the most improved player award. He wasn't going to be traded then because he was finally good. Uh, the Blazers have since signed him to two hundred million dollar contracts, the second of which kicks in this summer. But while he's still owed a hundred million dollars for the next three seasons, he's for the first time in his career, the blazers, I think will, will very, very, very genuinely try to trade him. Whether they do trade him kind of remains to be seen. And I think this episode will kind of help, um, illustrate why that will be a challenge but in neil Olshe's post-season press conference instead of reiterating like he's done so many times why would i trade why would i break up the best backcourt in the nba or you can't trade cj for um commensurate value or all the sort of other little caveats that neil said when he was indicating no i'm not i wouldn't ever we're just not going to do that it wouldn't make sense for us instead he shot down the reporter's question by saying I'm not going to talk about that because these are humans with lives who've dedicated a lot of their time to us. That doesn't sound like someone who's not going to make a trade. That sounds like someone who desperately wants to make a trade, but doesn't want to talk about it publicly because it would be rude. And I mean, that's the right thing to do. If you're Neil, there's no reason to, to openly speculate about that type of thing. Uh, everyone in the league knows what's up. You don't need to put it out in the media and putting it out, you know, quite frankly, the answering of the way he did by saying, hey, it's, you know, these are, These are humans. They're not just assets. One funny thing, because Neil's always talking about assets, accumulation and things like that. But but it's it's just being respectful to CJ, who's been around the you know, been around the franchise for closing in on a decade. It's it is the right thing to say this. This is a person with a family. I think um, that is uh, that is a sort of a, a really nice way for the GM who's not always like that to handle it. But what Neil Olshay didn't say is, no, I'm not going to trade CJ, which means I think for the first time in CJ's career, a trade is very, very, very possible this summer. But it comes with some challenges. So let's talk about the parameters of what a C.J. McCollum trade might look like and what are the challenges for the Blazers before we get into um, kind of how it will work from then on out. C.J. McCollum is the 27th highest paid player in the NBA or was in the 2021 season, the 27th highest paid player in the league, one of the top 30 salaries in the league. He made $29.3 million, twenty-nine point four. I guess if we we're really rounding up. It's going up from there, y'all his extension kicks in this three year extension kicks in this off season or kicks in in the fall. Uh, I guess technically kicks in whenever the new league year starts. So like August 1st, um, but whenever when when the season starts up again he'll be beginning the he'll be on the first year of his 3-year 100 million dollar extension he makes 30.9 million next season followed by 33.3 million after that and then 35.8 million in the 2023-2024 season that's a lot of money that is one of the big hurdles here uh you the blazers are an over the cap team which means over the salary cap team, which means that when they make trades, the salary has to match. They are not able to take uh, trade CJ um, and take on more money there. Um, they have to be within a certain percentage of his of his contract to make it work. The salaries have to match for it to be a legal trade. So when you're concocting these trades in your laboratory or or on your cell phone, wherever, whatever that is, maybe those are the same thing for many of you. Certainly, basically the same thing for me. Uh, you have to we you have to know that that's that's part of the challenge is that about thirty-one million dollars, CJ McCollum is owed, is owed next season. So you're talking about people who make that amount of money, or a combination of a combination of uh, of salaries that equal that amount of money, or without getting too deep into the math, within about twenty-five percent uh, of that, you've got to, you've got to get you've got to get you know seventy-five percent of that cash, or no more than one hundred twenty-five percent of that amount. That, that's that is how these trade parameters are going to work. That's step one. Step two is that when you're looking to where CJ would go, bad teams don't help the Blazers. The Blazers don't need draft picks. They don't need young prospects. They need someone who's good right now. I think that's part of the challenge. Um, there is no value in the Blazers trading for someone who's going to be really good in 2023. There's no value in them trading for future draft picks. Uh, You cannot help Damian Lord win a championship in the next two seasons if you don't get someone who is as good or better than C.J. McCollum over these next two seasons. Now, trading for someone who's just like out and out better than him might be a challenge. What is going to be sort of the needle to thread here is not finding someone who is like a you know, better, so very clearly better than CJ McCollum because, you know, he's, he's, he's very good. He's a very consistent scorer in this league. Uh, He's, he's, he has real offensive skills. Um, But, finding someone who might be a better fit for the roster. Um, Sometimes uh, finding just a better fit would help overcome overall talent level. It's not 2K. CJ's uh, CJ's sort of video game rating overall doesn't matter as much as sort of fit on the roster. Maybe perhaps a, a larger, better defensive player on the wing could help the Blazers take a step that CJ's smaller stature and wonderful individual offense has only allowed the Blazers to go so far. So the Blazers need someone who's making $30 million and someone who can help right away. That has already greatly shrunk the parameters. In addition, CJ McCollum doesn't seem like someone likely to return you equal value. So, You're not going to trade for like a a straight across star. The idea that you could like flip CJ McCollum for Kyrie Irving is kind of nonsense. A couple of you have have pitched like a CJ McCollum for Carl Anthony Towns trade. That doesn't make any sense either. Uh, Carl Anthony Towns is not only better, but he's significantly younger, almost five full years younger than CJ McCollum. So you're not, it's hard to trade straight across like that. That seems challenging. So you're looking for trade partners who would want CJ McCollum and be able to willing to take on his uh you know 30 million dollar a year contract for the next three seasons and would be able to give you back a sort of commensurate value for a player and there is a chance that you have to add a sweetener to get rid of cj McCollum. and by sweetener i either mean something like nazir little or anthony simons like a young a young player who has real gifts or a draft pick um I have been saying this, but someone more plugged in with me than me, John Hollinger of The Athletic, former uh, front office executive with the Memphis Grizzlies, host of the Hollinger and Duncan podcast right here on this network, mentioned today in an article he wrote on The Athletic, that CJ McCollum probably has negative value around the league and how much money he's making. That means you would have to add something to CJ McCollum to make it even. These are the challenges. The Blazers have very narrow wishes. Uh, they need a player back who can help, who's probably. Probably bigger than CJ, right? Because they need they don't want another small guard. So that kind of rules out T- Kemba Walker and D'Angelo Russell. You can go ahead and cross them off your list. Um you need someone back who is probably bigger than CJ McCollum, can help right away, and makes $30 million or can be combined with someone who makes $30 million but doesn't go too dramatically over or if you're combining uh, Anthony Simons or Nazir Little in these deals can get you close, to, you know, can can make the, the math work without having to add in too many moving parts and making it complicated because the Blazers have a bunch of dudes entering free agency that are harder to trade. They just don't have that many trade chips beyond the two young players Ant and Naz, who I've referenced several times at this point. Those are the parameters. These are obvious challenges. I think um, I, I've kind of said this before, but I wanted to lay it out here very clearly for you because this is what they're going to be up against. In the second segment, I want to talk about reasonable targets. Starting with the reasonable targets shared with me by my fellow hosts of the Locked On Network. I asked people who cover the team, these are the, these are the folks who have, you know, do what I do in other markets, who are around the team and know a lot about the team and have a good sort of idea of of their direction and what they might do, to send me the best player on their roster that they would trade for C.J. McCollum. So what we'll do in the second segment is whip around the league, looking at the best possible players from various teams that they would exchange for CJ McCollum, because I think it will help paint a picture for CJ McCollum's perceived value in other markets. Uh, I think he's, I think he is in, in general, a pretty darn good player who is, why just overrated it here in portland i think the perception of him is um is that he is more valuable than he is here he's, he's considered more valuable than he is in other places and i think the second segment will help illustrate exactly that point so we will look around the league at the best player from other teams that various hosts would consider trading but first let's talk about stat hero Do you know that 85% of the people who play daily fantasy sports lose? Is is that even really that surprising? The game is rigged against you. You're playing against thousands of other, other lineups, not to mention experts who have more tools, more time, more money to beat you every day. Frankly, you don't stand a chance. That's why I want to tell you about Stat Hero. It's the first ever daily fantasy sports book that puts the player in control and winning within reach. Here's how it works Stat Hero shows you their lineups and dares you to beat them. It's you versus the house in a head to head fantasy matchup. You name your stakes, winner take all. You have the advantage. Stat Hero is showing you their lineups ahead of time, no one else is doing that. Like I said, you're in total control. Stat Hero is daily fantasy sports the way it's meant to be, one on one. So play Stat Hero now and change the odds. To do that, you're going to go to stathero.com slash locked on and sign up for free right now. And when you do that, you can get three times back on your first play. They're giving you a 300% match. That's unheard of. Go to stathero.com slash locked on, stathero.com slash locked on. This episode is also brought to you by Built Bar, simply the greatest tasting protein bar on the market. Comes in nine delicious flavors, so there's something for absolutely everyone, whether you're into heavy chocolate flavors like the peanut butter brownie or the double chocolate or whether into the fruity flavors like cherry and raspberry if you're a coconut person they got those two all the bars are covered in 100 percent chocolate they've got that candy bar like texture and they're good for you they pack a lot of punch they got at least 17 grams of protein no more than five total net carbs listen if you listen to this podcast directly you know that i i rep hard for built bar they taste great they're gonna—they're just better than all the other protein bars that you'll try. Like that is—that is not even in the copy. I'm just telling you that from my heart. I've been eating Built Bars for a long time. I've been telling you about them for a long time too. So don't wait around. Go get yourself some. Go to BuiltBar.com. Use the promo code Locked15 for 15% off your first order. That is Locked15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. All right. So we're talking all things CJ McCollum trades. This is the CJ McCollum trade extravaganza spectacular or something like something to that effect. But the, the point is we're we are exploring what a CJ McCollum trade might mean and might look like. In the first segment, we talked about the parameters. The Blazers need to find a salary that matches because that's the way the league rules work. They also need a player that can help now because the, the point of making this trade is to get closer to a championship. They also need to find a partner that is willing to to make this trade that has that has those things. Right. Like you can you can say, let's get a 30 million dollar player who will help. Then you need to. It takes two to tango, as they say. So I went searching for those tango partners. I reached out to my co-hosts of the Locked On Network and I asked them this. Respond with the best player on the team you cover's roster that you would trade for CJ McCollum. You don't need to make it cap legal; just the one or two players you'd be willing to send out in a trade that landed CJ McCollum. I mentioned to my fellow co-hosts not the, the, the player that like they would trade, but the player that they that they would um, that they think their their team would trade. And if the and if they believe that their team wouldn't be interested, simply respond not interested. So here we go. Let's whip around the league and see what types of players the, my fellow Locked On hosts think would be available in a CJ McCollum trade. Down in Los Angeles, the, Clip, the the Los Angeles Lakers not particularly interested in a CJ McCollum trade, but you know who is? They're co-tenants at the Staples Center, the Los Angeles Clippers and the host of Los Angeles and the host of Locked on Clippers Charles Mockler sent me one half of the host of Locked on Clippers Charles Mockler sent me the following name Marcus Morris with a question mark Yeah the best player on the roster that the Clippers would likely trade for C.J. McCollum is Marcus Morris because trading Paul George for C.J. McCollum does not help the Clippers get closer to their goal it makes them worse Oh no Marcus Morris is a non-starter, non-starter that you hang up the phone. You probably say swear words Bye, Clippers. Let's keep it moving. The next name we got coming from Ryland styles. The host of locked on thunder said that likely um, the thunder just aren't in a position to make a trade for someone like CJ McCollum. They're rebuilding. Like I said, bad teams don't have a need for CJ McCollum. The, The thunder are in the midst of a rebuild, they've got guards who can play they probably don't want to be super good right now. Like they're trying, they're, they're, they're probably at least one year away from being really good. Again, uh, Ryland mentioned that if the, if, OKC okay, the numbers come up in the draft lottery and they get, end up getting like two top five picks, then, then there's a chance, um, that changes things. And maybe you add CJ McCollum and, and, and you, and you make your move now because you think you're going to go ahead and be good. But, um, barring that the best, A trade deal that Ryland offered, this from the Oklahoma City Thunder, was Darius Baisley and Al Horford. Darius Baisley and Al Horford doesn't get you close to a championship and makes you worse. You hang up the phone. You keep it moving. And the next place you move is to Toronto, where Sean Woodley, host of Locked On Raptors, offers two names. Chris Boucher and potentially Fred Van Vliet. Chris Boucher is probably like a non-starter, but it would be an interesting throw-in to the trade. And Fred Van Vliet is, while a much, much, much better defender than CJ McCollum, doesn't he put you in a similar boat? An undersized small guard who scores, who, who you know, can score but isn't great around the rim or getting downhill? Fred Van Vliet's really good. Like, I, I, I think there's a pretty... Reasonable argument that suggests that Fred Van Vliet is just strike straight up better than CJ McCollum right now. Uh, I think you could make an argument the other way too, but but I but I think that's like worth debating. But but does it answer the question? The, are the Blazers closer to a championship by adding Fred Van Vliet or swapping CJ McCollum for Fred Van Vliet? I think no. I think you hang up the phone. The next person who's going to call you is Chris Manning, the host of Locked On Cavs, calling in from Cleveland, who says. Colin Sexton would be part of a package if the Cavs traded for CJ McCollum. Uh, Cavs would likely have to include Kevin Love in a trade like this, and the Blazers taking on Kevin Love's money is uh, not super not super appealing. He's got two years left at 31.3 and 28.9 million. Uh, you know, shorter deal than CJ McCollum, you save 35 million bucks on the back half of that deal, 36 million bucks on the back half of that deal. Um, I don't think it gets you closer, but this is starting to look like a trade that you would consider. Does it make you, does adding Kevin Love and Colin Sexton get you closer to a championship? Probably not, no. But it is you are. This is the first trade that we have heard from, the first idea we've heard from, where where the Blazers might actually like overall improve the roster. They would they would like get closer to improving the roster. Um, I still think you probably say no to this one. Uh, but but you're getting you are you are inching closer. So you keep you keep the phones ring, and the next phone call that you get comes from Sacramento, where Matt George, host of Locked On Kings, offers. A couple names. Harrison Barnes, Marvin Bagley, Buddy Heald, Rashawn Holmes. None of those help. Uh, Harrison Barnes helps you on the wing, but swapping out Harrison Barnes to C.J. McCollum makes you a worse team. Uh, some combination of Barnes and Bagley makes you a more interesting team, but not better. I don't think you're better. Uh, a combination of Buddy Heald and Harrison Barnes, you're going to have to throw in a bunch of money on the Blazers' side to make that work. It gets tricky. Or you're maybe considering moving Nurk to make the money work. It's bad news. You keep them moving. Um, a combination of, like, Barnes and Rashawn Holmes you're already kind of you're you're again getting into some dicey financial waters and does does Harrison Barnes and Rashawn Holmes get you closer to a title than just keeping CJ and hoping for good luck I think no I don't think I don't think it's happening so you you hit the phones and you call up the Celtics and you beg for Jalen Brown you just beg for Jalen Brown and John Corrales who's the host of locked on Celtics tells you the Celtics are out the first team to say, no thanks, we're out. And you keep it moving. The next place you keep it moving is Denver, where Adamares, the host of Locked on Nuggets, offers you the following names to choose from. Will Barton, Monte Morris, and P.J. Dozier. Do any of those names straight up, Will Barton, Monte Morris and PJ Dozier make the Blazers better? No. Does that, does a combination of two of those guys make the Blazers better? I don't think so. No. Like, I don't think Will Barton and Monte Morris gets the Blazers closer than CJ McCollum. Does it make them like a little deeper during the regular season? Sure. But, um, what you've sacrificed by losing CJ McCollum's individual offense is probably not made up for in those two gentlemen. Even if it's any combination, if it's, if it's Morris and Dozier, I don't think you get, I just don't think you get closer. It doesn't, it does not improve the roster enough. And even then, uh, Adam noted that it it might not make sense for the Nuggets to do that trade, period, just because adding another small and undersized offensive guard to their backcourt might not just fit the plan. But in any case, I think I think this helps illustrate it. The Blazers are are not quite there so you keep the phones moving and you call Memphis and Sean Coleman host of the Locked on Grizzlies podcast offers you Jonas Valanciunas so now you're talking about including Nurk in the trade because you're going to send out a center does Jonas Valanciunas and Brandon Clark or Jonas Valanciunas Brandon Clark and Justice Winslow make you a significantly better team closer to a championship I think no I think no So you call Miami, and what do you get? You get uh, David Ramil offering you two players in exchange for CJ McCollum, Tyler Hero, and Precious Achua. That's, I mean, again, you're just not quite there yet. The Brooklyn Nets tell you they're not interested. And then the Phoenix Suns tell you they're not interested. And then the Orlando Magic say... I don't know what you would want something like something like Wendell Carter, but I think you file the magic under not interested because CJ McCollum doesn't fit the timeline of the rebuild. So now you've been rebuffed. You've been offered bad trades and now Brooklyn Phoenix and Orlando have told you to get out of here, but then you've reached the part of these calls as you are working the phones where you get some, some reasonable names that you would have to consider. Here are the following names from Dallas. Nick Engstad, uh host of Locked on Mav, says, Kristaps Porzingis. Now, this is a name that's been floated out there. I don't think this helps. I don't think the Blazers are better with Kristaps Porzingis. They are significantly different. This one you would have to consider. Uh, CJ McCollum's better than Kristaps Porzingis, but this is the sort of, like, this would be the argument, like, fit over fit over talent, right? Like, Overall talent, CJ McCollum's better, but overall fit, if you had a front line of Chris Daps and Nurk, are you just so big defensively that during the regular season you could roll teams and does that allow you to, if you build the right pieces around it, does it allow you to go you know, um, small ball and play one of them at center at all times, including five out lineups with Chris Daps in the playoffs and you hope that Chris Dapps kind of regains the defensive potential he had two years ago prior to the knee injuries. I think you're getting somewhere. This is the first trade that you have to consider, right? Like, you finally made it. Um, Overall, I'm not in favor of this trade, but this is the first one where you're on the phone, you're talking to your people. The next one comes from Indiana. Where Tony East hosted Lockdown Pacers offers Miles Turner in exchange for CJ McCollum. Now, straight up, I don't think this helps because I don't like you have to move Nurk. I don't think you can have two centers. So now you're trying to you're trying to piece together some sort of CJ and Nurk for TJ Warren and uh, and Jeremy Lamb and and Miles Turner. Like, does that get you closer? I I don't think so. But I think this this is you're starting to get there. Miles Turner, like a when he was healthy this year, an elite defensive player. Um, I don't I don't think this answers the I don't think this solves the riddle for you yet because you still have a lot of um, curious spots on the wing, but something like TJ Warren and Miles Turner at least makes you consider it, right? You have to consider it. And then you get on a call from the Golden State Warriors who have offered you two names. Andrew Wiggins or James Wiseman. Uh, if it was Andrew Wiggins and James Wiseman, I think you talk about it, but I, 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 the way it's pitched here from Wes Goldberg, host of Locked on Warriors, is one or the other. I don't think a Wiggins for CJ McCollum trade makes the Blazers better. Um, see, Wiggins had his best defensive year of his career last season in Golden State. Um, he's a big guy who can play two or the three like he's tall. Um, when he's engaged, he's a really good basketball player. He's not always engaged. He's not always locked. In, he doesn't always attack with intensity, he doesn't always play as hard as he is capable of it's a little bit messy. But I think these are the names that you would have to consider as we whipped around the league. Not every single host responded to me. Um, so that That's just sort of the nature of it. Uh, you know, we didn't get, we didn't hear from Philly, so we'll talk about, obviously, those big names in the second segment. We didn't hear from Milwaukee, and we'll talk, or excuse me, third segment. We didn't hear from Milwaukee, and we'll talk about that obvious big name in the third segment as well. But those are fan ideas, so don't worry, they're still on the table. But of the from the Lockdown hosts, from the Lockdown community, people who cover the team regularly these people are in the arenas and in the media sessions they, they know like if you trust my sort of insight with the um with t- the Blazers these are the, these are people doing the same jobs in other markets so I trust them and that's why I reached out to them for a sense and so I'm you know you just like a straw poll of of these folks is your best options are Kristaps Porzingis, Miles Turner and Andrew Wiggins are the Blazers better are they closer to a title if if you just do those alone are, are they closer to a title tomorrow than they are today if they swap CJ McCollum for Chris Porzingis so are they closer to a title tomorrow than they are today if you swap Nurk and CJ for for uh, Miles Turner and TJ Warren I don't think so are you closer like straight up Wiggins for, for CJ are you better um you're different you're longer and bigger and different but I I worry that you haven't improved the roster dramatically enough to actually take a step you've just You've made a trade for the sake of making a trade, something I specifically don't think Neil O'Shea will do. But I think what this exercise does, it helps illustrate how challenging it's going to be to make a trade. So what I want to close out the show is I got have had so 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 many of you send me uh, CJ McCollum trade ideas. It's the number one thing that comes in my mentions. It's the number one thing that comes in my uh, email inbox. It's what people are curious about. They've got ideas. I'm going to read uh, my favorite most realistic ones. We're going to run through what makes them realistic, and then we will we will finalize the preferred target list for a CJ McCollum trade. That's what we'll do to close the show. But first, let's talk about Lucy. Lucy Nicotine is a company founded by Caltech scientists and former smokers looking for a better and cleaner nicotine alternative. Finally, tobacco alternatives that don't suck. Research and develop for three years to be made for people, not for patients. Lucy has created nicotine gum with four milligrams of nicotine that comes in three flavors, wintergreen, cinnamon, and pomegranate. Plus, Lucy has lozenges with four milligrams of nicotine that also come in three other flavors, cherry ice, citrus, and mint. Uh, The gums and the lozenges are both FSA and HSA eligible, so you can use your FSA cards to purchase Lucy now. It's convenient and discreet, and the products can be enjoyed anywhere, that's on flights, on on work, on the go, even at the gym, whatever you need. So get rid of cigarettes, unplug your vape, throw out your dip and get some Lucy nicotine gum. It's the real deal. And a subscription to Lucy comes directly to your door each month. It's so simple. You don't have to leave your house because Lucy has delivery down. My listeners right now, listeners of this very podcast on this very network, you can go to lucy.co and use the promo code LOCKEDONMBA to get 20% off all products on your first order. That's the gum and the lozenges and other items they sell. That's lucy.co. Use the promo code MBA at checkout. Also, and I have to give this disclaimer, warning, this product contains nicotine derived from tobacco. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. One more time, lucy.co, and be sure to use that promo code LOCKEDONNBA. Still a pass for a point guard. Still Mike Richmond, you're still listening to Locked On Blazers. We talked about the parameters of the CJ McCollum trade, what the Blazers would have to send out, what they'd have to take back, and what they'd be looking for in exchange. Then in the second segment, we whipped around the league, leveraging the experts of the Locked On Podcast Network to ask: what is the best player on another NBA roster you would trade in exchange for CJ McCollum? And we got back a bunch of duds. We got back a bunch of duds in Christax Porzingis, who's just a seven foot-three dud. You want to be frustrated at a small dude from Ohio or frustrated at a tall dude from Latvia. You can choose. You can choose. That's what that trade offers you a chance to choose. But we don't have to rely on just those folks because, dear listeners, you have done so much legwork on this. Many, 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 many many of you have sent me C.J. McCollum trades. Just it's just it's just been the thing everyone has been curious about for so long and i have been really resistant to it uh if you're a regular listener to this podcast you know i kind of hate playing trade machine the part i like about basketball is the basketball but i understand that everyone loves player movements and everyone's so curious and and we have finally reached a point in the season and and that point is when the season's done right we've we made it to the off season i waited this long because i just didn't want to do it until there was no more blazers basketball being played we've reached a point in the season where this this means something like we need to do this because it's just like the responsible thing to talk about because that's that's what's going to happen next. Um but many of you have sent me uh have sent me trade ideas. Uh so I want to go through some of them. I'm 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 going to I'm not going to cite people's names. Like I'm looking at an email right right here from Rudy, long-time listener Rudy. Rudy offers uh offers up a trade. But instead of going through and saying like hey you did this wrong like a mailbag, I'm just going to um, I'm I'm going to aggregate in real time. Actually, I've already aggregated. I'm going to read my aggregated list uh, of 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 trade ideas that um that have been sent my way, and we'll go through sort of reasonable ones. Um first first two that are just not gonna happen, the names have been sent me multiple times, is Carl Anthony Towns and Jimmy Butler. Um, if the Wolves are going to trade Carl Anthony Towns, they're gonna to trade him for a boatload of picks to jump off a true tear it down, rebuild. They're already kind of in the midst of that. They don't need, um, a 29 year old CJ McCollum making money until he's 32. Uh, Carl Anthony Towns is 24 years old. He's really, really, really good at basketball. The money works straight up. And there was a rumor from Stephen A. where he said someone who's usually right about this says that Carl Anthony, a name to watch is Carl Anthony Towns. I buy that as a name that could be available, but who knows is Carl Anthony Towns. There is no trade for Towns from a column. It doesn't make sense on either side. If the Blazers are trading to the Minnesota Timberwolves it's for D'Angelo Russell, and he's not as good as C.J., he's younger though so there's that um carl anthony towns isn't going to happen a lot of you have sent me various various versions of this trade where the blazers land carl anthony towns i don't think they have the ammunition to do that the only way that it happens is if carl anthony towns says get me the hell out of here and specifically get me to portland and then in the way that other superstars have kind of leveraged where they want to go it gives um because Town says I want to do this, then the Blazers and and Wolves can work out something that works under the specific parameters. That's the only way it's going to happen. Uh, the Jimmy Butler thing just doesn't make any sense. Jimmy Butler is much 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 better than um, than CJ McCollum. Also, he's already taken the Miami Heat to the fi- to the finals. Also, they're roughly the same age and um, about to make the same amount of money. So while the trade works in practice, roughly, you'd have to, you'd have to make, throw in a couple parts to make the salaries match a little bit, uh, something like Nazir Little, but, um, it just, the, the Heat are reloading to win, uh, that if you were trying to make a trade CJ for Jimmy Butler, it was when he was getting out of Philly or getting out of Minnesota, uh, getting out of Chicago, even, uh, the Blazers didn't do that. Uh, they, they, it's just not going to happen. The Heat are the Heat are on a different timeline, and and downgrading from Jimmy to CJ McCollum does not help their timeline, nor does it help a rebuild. Like I said, like uh, the other team has to be, has to want CJ McCollum, and and. If if you are tearing it down, if you are trading a star, you want picks and young players. Um, you don't want you know the youngest, the sort of young player that, that that was the cornerstone, or the young players the cornerstone of the James Harden trade, for example, were 22 uh, year old Jared Allen and 25 year old Karis Levert. I'm not one of these people that thinks, you, you know, you're basketball dead at 29. I know that that's sort of like a popular thing on, uh, on some other, in some other basketball spaces, but it, it is what it is. Like you, teams that are rebuilding aren't going to want someone on that timeline. It just doesn't make sense. So Caroline Downs and Jimmy are out. Many of you have sent me those trade offers. Nope, not going to happen. I also think at some point there was maybe discussion about the Blazers making some sort of Chris, uh, uh, Chris Paul of making some sort of Paul George type trade. But the, the Clippers, they didn't get blown out in the first round. They're not going to tear the team down, et cetera, et cetera. Like, I think that one's out. Um, I think that was always out. Like, I think that wasn't ever an option. But many of you sent me that, like, while the Clippers were struggling. and I th- And I said, you know what? You never know. You never know. But the. After the Clippers beat the the Mavs in round one, I think that's out the window. Um, you know, we, right now the their Clips are down 0-1 in the series, so maybe another disappointing playoff run, but I don't think it's a, like, blow-it-up type of playoff um, run. It's a, like, what the hell happened to Serge Ibaka type playoff run? Um, so I don't think it's Paul George, but I think there are some realistic names out there, and I think that's, like, I, I think that's where we we need to land here so i think I think when you are now looking out over the horizon and, and many of you have sent me these names, there are two names that I think are realistic when you're considering. A trade for C.J. McCollum that would make the Blazers better, and the other team might be interested in. It. And it's it's literally two people. And the first one is Chris Middleton from the Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, the Bucks are down 0-2 to, to get to begin their playoff series against the Brooklyn Nets. This would be a third straight year that they have gone out earlier than they wanted to. Um, a Western Conference Finals run or Eastern Conference Finals run that ended abruptly after a 2-0 lead, a, a sweep in the first round of the playoffs of in the bubble, and now. Uh, trouble brewing in round two against a very good Brooklyn Nets team. Seems like the the Bucks, in much the way the Blazers, would, would just need to be in position to shake up the roster, period. And a straight-across swap for CJ McCollum and Chris Middleton works financially. There's a chance the Bucks ask for a little bit more, but there's a chance the Bucks just want to trade it up, tr- switch things up, and CJ McCollum's individual offense appeals to them. And Chris Middleton, who's owed $35.5 million next year, $38 million the year after, and $40.4 million during the 23-24 season, hello, is is it's just he's run its course in in uh, in Milwaukee. I think of the two names I'm about to say that this is the one that is most in enticing. Um does a lineup of Dame, Norman Powell, Chris Middleton, Robert Covington, and Yusuf Nurkic does does that win a championship? Probably not on its own. No. Um I think uh Chris Middleton's lack of individual offense compared to CJ McCollum would show up at some point in the playoffs the way it shows up for the Milwaukee Bucks. But would that team be better? Hell yeah, I think would be better. The the lineup would make a lot more sense. I think um as good as the Blazers, you know, uh starting the lineup was this year and is one of the best in the league, uh it is it could be even better, um, I think you know you get a coach that can figure out how to use Derek Jones Jr. You get Nazir Little to take a step forward. You get Anthony Simons to take a step forward. You add a couple vet veteran minimum guys. You have a team that is a dark horse championship contender, not a not a front line championship contender. You know probably right back in the same spot as they were this year in terms of regular season. You're talking like four, five, six in the playoffs, and then has you know has th- things to break the right way. But like that's that is the challenge of kind of trying to build out of the situation they're in. I think in exchange for Chris Middleton could could get them there and Moreover, I think could, I think the Bucs could be interested. Uh, CJ McCollum gives them a one-on-one score who can go get a bucket on his own. Uh, he could run some pick and rolls. You could expand his sort of playmaking duties like he hasn't been had in Portland to give him a chance to see if he could, uh, you know, be a full-time playmaker, a role that he has excelled into at least to some extent with the Blazers. Like, I think the Bucks could be interested. I think this is a realistic trade. It's going to rely on the Bucs maybe flaming out and be really interested in uh, in in switching things up for the sake of switching things up. There's a chance that the Blazers, you know, have to include, a draft pick here and there like i i think middleton has more perceived value than mccollum across the league and um and but maybe middleton's contract being a little bit larger makes it about even like i think i think this is the first of the many names people have sent me this is the most realistic one so if you're watching the nets series maybe you're saying go nets go so the bucks flame out and make this more likely that's the most realistic name. Number one, the most realistic name. Number two is a is a big person from Philly, but it is certainly not Ben Simmons. I think Ben Simmons is just too good for this trade, and I think many of you have pitched it before. Um, Simmons is just a special talent. He is a truly bizarre player, but he's a really special talent. I don't think uh, I don't think Philly even entertains the idea of some sort of like uh, CJ McCollum for Ben Simmons swap. I think they laugh you off the phone, but they do have someone else on the roster who I think could be a potential trade target. And that is Tobias Harris, who is owed $36 million next season, 38.4 the year after that, 30.5 really if you round up, and then 41 million in 23-24. Again, making more money than C.J. McCollum. It's a ton of money. You're paying, you know, $90 million to, to, uh, to Tobias Harris and Damian Lillard. Um, if Tobias Harris is your second best player, are you likely to win a championship? No, you're probably not like, no, I mean the Philly, he's their third best player and they're, they're right. They're like borderline. Right. Um, but, A lineup again. This assumes you can bring back Norman Powell when you do this. A lineup of Dame Norman Powell, Tobias Harris, Robert Covington and Yusuf Nurkic is really good and makes more sense. Uh, Tobias Harris has always been better playing with Doc Doc Rivers. Um, He's been in in, in his many stops in the league. He's played for a bunch of different franchises. His best years have come playing alongside Doc Rivers. He should probably only play for Doc Rivers, but Tobias Harris is really good. Um, In the playoffs, he's been exposed a little bit as maybe not as good of a one-on-one score as you need when defenses can really um, load up at once. what he wants to do. Um, some of that is maybe just the, the the roster around him. I think with a little more space, he could be, um, be more valuable. Uh, he can run pick and rolls as a ball handler. He's not great at it, but he can. He can run pick and rolls at, at, as a screener. He can score in isolation. He can shoot pull-ups like... He can play, and his size helps him a lot as, as a defensive player, and adds and would add a dynamic and a size in the wing. The Blazers don't have. Um, would would Philly be interested in CJ McCollum? It kind of depends on what happens to them in the playoffs. Um, I think there's a scenario where CJ McCollum's again has one. He's an elite individual scorer, and and then that one-on-one scoring, the ability to go get a bucket on his own, which is something that you know to, Tobias Harris is their best option otherwise to do that. And if Harris kind of flops out, maybe that makes an appealing trade like i think i think that's that's the sort of calculation there for philly is that like is that while you know being big has been some of their identity maybe going small and having a littler guy you can put on the floor who can um you know play alongside ben simmons or just be the straight up primary ball handler is is the is the person who can take them over the top because they just don't have kind of that like we need a bucket type of shot maker and cj mccollum would provide that piece of the puzzle So now closing in on 45 minutes of this podcast, we have explored so, so many options. And I think we've landed on two of the most realistic, um, the other names, I think there's other names that might get floated out there, and certainly the Blazers could throw a curveball and do something weird. Um, also, like the the players run the league in terms of like um, if someone could ask out and 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 or demand out, and then puts a team in a weird spot, and then the Blazers could get involved and make a trade for someone who's kind of un, unseen right now, for someone we don't know who could be available. But what I was hoping to do in this podcast was kind of explain how the Blazers, what the Blazers need from a C.J. McCollum trade and what other teams might be interested. Uh, I think it's a really, really, really narrow group. Like, I don't think there's a lot of teams that want C.J. McCollum, and I don't think his value is particularly high around the league. Like I've said, and I'll just reiterate kind of all my points here as we close, is that rebuilding teams don't have an interest in C.J. McCollum, and the Blazers don't have an interest in the draft picks and young prospects a rebuilding team could offer. That is not a partner for them. Uh, True All-Stars aren't going to, C.J. Column isn't going to bring back a true frontline all-star. So you're looking at guys, you're looking at a bunch of B pluses um, and those B pluses need to make about $30 million a year. So you've really narrowed, narrowed your parameters. Uh, and while the Blazers, you know, they, they could do a lot of different things. you got to think that they don't need a Kemba Walker or a Fred Van Vliet. you got to think that um, somebody like Andrew Wiggins isn't quite good enough to, uh, to, sort of change the calculations so you're you've really the because of the blazers parameters because of cj mccollum's salary and because of his age you just it is just a very narrow field it's somebody like chris porzingis um it's it's maybe a combination of parts for someone as good as miles turner a good but not quite all-star level player But if you're really shooting high, if you really want to think about the absolute best fits, I think I've narrowed it down to two names. Chris Middleton and Tobias Harris have to be on the absolute top of your wish list. But I want to say this. If the Blazers trade for Chris Middleton, it'll be fun, and it'll be it'll be cool to see a sort of a new shape of the Blazers' roster. But I don't think it'll push the Blazers over the top to a top-tier sort of inner circle contender. I think it'll make them better and make more sense. But then you have to fill out the rest of the roster behind it. Does that make them better today? I think it would. Same with the Tobias Harris trade, because I think the size on the wing and sort of the... the like the the different dynamic that you would add would make the Blazers a little bit better. Both of those trades assume Norman Powell returns. Uh, I think you can convince him to do so if he's the starting shooting guard. I don't think that would be particularly difficult. But it, but the Blazers would find themselves in a similar situation. Those guys are on long-term massive contracts. So after the Blazers make this trade, after if they, if they were to make the CJ McCollum trade, they're kind of locked into this group. Again, you've, you've kind of reset the clock on maybe... Um, patience from the franchise cornerstone and Damian Lillard, but I don't think that you have drastically, drastically improved the team's chances. Have you made the team better? Yes. Are you closer to your ultimate goal? Yes. But are you four steps closer? Probably not. Those two trades, you know, that we sort of landed on here as we navigated our way through all the options, I think they improve the Blazers roster. I don't think there's any question about that. Those two trades would make the Blazers better and they, and adding size on the wing would address a lot of their issues and it would allow the Blazers to kind of hone in on what they need. A, a second rim protector, another point guard, um, and some, you know, minimum minimum forwards and, and frontline help to uh, to fill out the rest of the roster. It would give them a chance to do that they would still have the taxpayer mid-level exception and the biannual exception and, and, uh, and minimum roster spots to make this team better. Uh, Adding those two guys would get you, would get you in the right direction. And, They wouldn't be trades for just for the sake of trading CJ while maybe a swap for something like Kevin Love and Colin Sexton would get you just trade for the sake of trades. And even a swap for Kristaps Porzingis might be a trade for the sake of making a trade. Those trades would actually help. They might even help both teams, which is why I think they're the most realistic and the most viable. But I don't want us to think about this as an an out-and-out solution. It might be a good way to go. But is not the answer. Team building is too difficult, and the Blazers are in too tough of a spot with not a lot of options. The best way for them to upgrade this roster this summer is through trades. They're not going to have cap space to make a splash. They are not going to, ha- they straight up do not have draft picks in the draft. There's no rookies coming in, very likely, and there's no big splash in free agency coming. The way to get better is to make a trade, and the way to make better is to trade your second best player, and that is very likely CJ McCollum. He isn't the only person that is going to be traded or, or to use a Neil Olshey term, bandied about. He isn't the only option to be traded. But he is the most realistic path to getting better is setting CJ free. So I hope this podcast, I hope this 45 minutes and change, got you to sort of understand the parameters and pick your favorite targets. You can send me more options. I'm sure my inbox will get more options after this. I even got an email, and I'll, I'll give I'll give this person a shout out. I got an email from listener Ben (laughs) who said, my CJ trade is don't trade CJ. So listen, there's opinions all up and down about this. I think this is the most important, like the decision what they do with CJ. um, I'm, I'm certain that they attempt to trade him, whether they're able to do it. I think I've illustrated why that will be a challenge because it, it, there's not a lot of names that help. There's not a lot of teams that might be interested, and there's not a lot of players that make the math work. Things change quickly in the league. Um, all contracts, all players are tradable. Ask Chris Paul, ask Russell Westbrook, ask John Wall. Um, all of all, all of those, uh, you know, it, it could happen. But I think what I hope to show you in this podcast are the challenges and the sort of narrow n- narrow options, the limited options that are available out there. But that doesn't, mean that doesn't mean that they're not going to try to do it. It doesn't mean that you all won't be very excited about thinking about it. So if you have more trade ideas, listen, I'm going to get them anyways. You might as well send them to me at MikeGRich on Twitter or locked on BlazersPod at gmail.com. That is your CJ McCollum trade extravaganza. I hope our whip around the league, I hope our look at all of all of the possible solutions and the, and and all of these things helped you understand what a CJ M- McCollum trade might look like and might feel like and might help. And I hope where we landed with the two realistic names, I hope that that made you feel a little bit better about what the Blazers can do. Can the Blazers pull off those trades? I don't know. But at least we have an idea of what is a solid path forward. Tell your friends about this podcast. Tell them they can get it wherever they already get podcasts. Just search Locked On Blazers. will be there waiting for you. Appreciate you listening. Talk to you soon.